Do you consider yourself the type of traveller who feels like you've been there and done that? Or you're looking for more immersive experiences as opposed to those who literally skim across the top, capturing only the highlights? If this sounds like your vibe, I can assure you that 100% you are going to love today's episode. Hey, I'm Steph, and I'm obsessed with all things travel, marketing, branding, and helping you stand out from the crowd. In just under two years, I went from being a home-based travel agent with zero clue how to make it work in the digital world to launching an international ranking travel podcast and creating an online course to help travel agents in lead generation. Here's one thing I know for sure. There has never in the history of the world been a better time to create the travel business you've always wanted. All you need is an actionable strategy and someone to show you the way. Picture this, we're going to spend the next hour of our time together at the Swim Up Pool Bar, where over a cocktail, we deep dive into travel-related topics, mixed with a little classroom training. This show is dedicated to encouraging you to step outside of your comfort zone and into your travel business. I'll show you how I did it and how you can too. Hit subscribe now and let's get into it. If you're a travel agent wanting to onboard your perfect fit clients into your biz, download my free cheat sheet for lead generation systems you can use right now. Head to stephaniemyers.academy forward slash cheat sheet. You're listening to Unplug in Paradise, the podcast. Hi there, welcome back to Unplug in Paradise. My name is Stephanie Myers and I am your travel agent and host. If you're looking for an immersive Australian getaway, one that tantalises all the senses and goes way beyond the typical tourist trail to discover the unknown and most likely the unheard of, if your answer is yes, then I can guarantee that you're in for an absolute treat in today's episode. And if your answer is no, then I hope you find this information valuable and it helps inspire you for your next journey. I'm absolutely thrilled to meet up again with today's special guest. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive in. (gasps) Hello, Lisa. A big welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Great to be back. In today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming back to the show Lisa Pegotto from Crooked Compass. In our previous episode together, we uncovered how Lisa's own travel personality has shaped her business and how it continues to evolve throughout the different regions throughout the world. But today, we are here to talk about our very own backyard, the land down under Australia. But before we begin, Lisa, I'd really like to welcome you first by taking a moment to recognise the generations of the local Aboriginal people of the Bundjalung Nation who have lived in and derived their physical and spiritual needs from the forests, rivers, lakes and streams of this beautiful valley over thousands of years as the traditional owners and custodians of these lands. If you are just joining the podcast and haven't had the chance to listen to our previous episode together, where we deep dive into Crooked Compass as a brand 
and how it stands out in the market as a really immersive, perspective-changing touring company, then head over to episode 20 because I really feel like it's going to complement this episode. So make sure you head over to episode 20, give it a listen, so you can come back here and enjoy the full landscape of what we're about to dive into today. Earlier this year, Lisa and her team had launched a very exciting and brand new touring option to our Australian market. Lisa, would you mind giving us a background into Crooked Compass during your launch here in Australia and what kind of traveller you had in mind when you were designing it? So with uh, obviously the, the shifting landscapes that have been presented to us this year, we well, I guess for, for those who haven't heard the other the other episode, we normally focus on sending travellers overseas to emerging destinations, um, places that are a little bit challenging. But with COVID emerging this year and keeping everybody grounded, we expanded to offer our style of touring within our own backyard, so within Australia. Um, and mm. for us, we really wanted to stay true to um, our ethos and what it is that we deliver when we're operating internationally. And that really is immersive experiences that um, assist with, you know, further education, perspective shifting, and really getting people to see and experience things that they just didn't know were possible um, within Australia. So when we Mm. started building this product, the traveller that we had in mind was very much the person who has been there, done that, always looking for something new. Obviously, we're restricted at the moment in terms of being able to travel overseas. Um, So really wanting to find those travellers who, you know, perhaps they've done Australia on a surface level, but they're looking for something much deeper and much more rewarding. So we really needed to have that strong educational element, those really deep experiences that will um, provide that um, that level of experience that our travellers seek when they travel with us abroad and uh, ensure that we could deliver that here in Australia as well. Mm. So would it be classified as a new sort of traveller? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same type of traveller as to who we target internationally. However, I think with um, going through COVID this year, a lot of people have changed the way that they travel. So I do believe that people mm. will now be looking for travel experiences that are a lot more mm. mindful, a lot more rewarding, um, as opposed to, you know, a lot of people are quite happy just to see as much as they can in as quick as time as possible. And I think because we've had so much time on our hands this year just to think and reflect and to reevaluate what's important to us, um, we will pick up a new type of traveller who is becoming our type of traveller. Um, and that, that's a really fantastic position for us to be in because that's where we've always positioned our brand. It's just these the, the new traveller whose perspective is shifting with how and why they choose to travel. Well, I really think the new the new traveller is going to be oh, seriously impressed. <laughs> I've had a look through of your Australian tours and absolutely insane. They Thank are you. Incredible. No, we, we really do think that the way that we're delivering Australia is completely different to how anybody else is doing it. So we're, we're very proud of what we've created. Absolutely. I really think that with our domestic market and us being Australians, I think it's been quite desensitizing for us and I think we've been desensitized for quite some time in the in you know the years prior to 2020 where we've often felt like we need to seek new experiences but we have to jump on a plane and head to the other side of the world to do so so in a way it's been quite a good thing that we now have such a strong domestic focus back to Australian soil and really getting deep with what our homeland has exactly. to and offer that, us. That can really only work as a positive. I mean, as as Australians, there is still so much that we don't actually know or truly understand about our own um, history. And, 
you know, being mm. well, effectively forced into only being able to explore our own backyard for the moment um, allows us to really further self-educate ourselves and to, as you say, delve deeper and explore further into areas that we perhaps wouldn't consider until, you know, later in life because Australia is, you know, deemed to be easy to do by itself. Yeah, when it's yeah, no, no, and not. to the places that we go to, absolutely not. <laughs> Good luck trying to do some of them by yourself. No, that's right. <laughs> well, can you outline some of the itineraries that we can look forward to here in Australia, and what kind of experiences yeah, of can be had? So, uh, what I will start with is we'll start up in Queensland. So we've got our Indigenous and Wild Queensland small group tour, and uh, we've got two departures for 2021: one in May and one in August. And we start off up in uh, flying into Cairns and we have a night at Port Douglas at one of the National Geographic Unique Lodges of the World at the beautiful Fowler Beach Nature Reserve Resort. And so staying in beautiful tree houses for that night. Then we head out the next day with our Indigenous guide um, where we go out and spend a night in the bush. So we're going out to um, his home country and there is this incredible rock artwork out there. We're literally driving into the middle of absolutely nowhere, into the outback, into the bush, and uh, we hike into camp and there's 450 incredible rock artworks that are 20,000 years old um, that were actually created wow. by our guides people. So very personal to him. So the passion that comes through with the stories and the, mm. um, you know, the dream time, um, bringing all of that to life is incredible. Um, so we, we have a night where we literally are camping on the top of an escarpment. So we're in proper tents with um, beds and that sort of thing, no sleeping bags on the floor or anything like that. We've got a beautiful bush shower. Um, all the food is cooked on camp. We've got the didgeridoo at night around the campfire. Um, plenty of time to, to go exploring as well. Um, and then the next day we uh, head back to Cairns but swimming in a few sort of natural water holes and springs on the way back uh, before we then fly down to Mount Isa and then head out really out to the outback, out near the Queensland-Northern Territory border, uh, where we go onto a, uh, a private cattle station and we spend the next five days hiking through the remotes of this cattle station. So, yeah, we're staying oh, in these beautiful um, bell tents, glamping tents with proper stretcher beds. There's, like, hide rugs, uh, absolutely beautiful, and it's got all these rustic luxe touches. We've got Epicurean meals that are chef-prepared, sundowners every night in a different location um, this tour is all about sustainability um, and you know doing it in a, in a luxe kind of way um, we also do this exclusive star bed experience where we do spend one night out on the top of a gorgeous escarpment um, under the stars we take swags up there leave our bell tents behind um, for a proper bush camp experience wow, yeah it's awesome and when we go trekking every day we also carry with us um well, they're not inflated while we're trekking, but we can inflate them if people want to use them, um, stand-up paddle boards because there's incredible watering holes oh, and some rivers cool. that we get to. And, you know, if, if people want to break, we can inflate the, the sup boards and people can, well, you can go in for a swim or if you want to go for a bit of a, a paddle board, um, we can do that in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Uh, so really, really, really um, awesome, isolated experiences in just a completely stunning backdrop. And then once we've had our five days of um, hiking out in the uh, wilds, we come back to the cattle station and we've got both of our departures timed around mustering. So for travellers to actually experience mm. and witness the spectacle of a roundup process, both with moving the livestock, the stockmen on horses, and depending on where they're at in the mustering process, sometimes there's heli mustering taking place as well with the helicopters. 
So we've got this bridge that's all set yeah. up for our groups that we can go and stand on while we watch all of this taking place. And it's, you know, it's something that's iconically Australian, but something that so few people have ever actually had the opportunity to do. So that is our, um, our Queensland, one of our Queensland tours. And uh, yeah, certainly one that's really quite special. And to just outline the extent as to how much detail is in your tours, Lisa, is that you've personally negotiated with the hotel <laughs> to allow the guests on the tour oh, to that's, be a part oh, that's of that's for that. the August departure. So our August departure coincides with Rodeo okay. Week, which is in Mount Isa. Um, and so the hotel we're staying okay. in actually hosts the after party for Rodeo Week. And, yeah, that, that's where we've negotiated with the hotel right. to allow our guests to be allowed to join that if they wish yeah <laughs> with all the that. cowboys yeah <laughs> personal touches exactly <laughs> exactly oh that sounds incredible and you've got uh another tour up there yes we've well, got our east arnhem land. land and the wessel islands so this is in the northern territory and this one is a yacht charter so for all those people who love cruising and i guess more particular ooh, ooh. in particular more the expedition style cruising um, this is a yacht charter that we've taken. So it's only small, maximum eight people, so nice, small and intimate. And this is an incredibly remote part of Australia. Um, the Wessel Islands are completely uninhabited. They used to be inhabited by the Indigenous people. Um, but a lot of people haven't even heard of them, let alone know where they are. So it's actually the string mm. of islands that used to connect Australia to Papua New Guinea. And um, the islands are an incredible part of Australian history and it's, it's just one of the most pristine, stunning, fascinating places of our country. So we're on board this yacht. Uh, we are the only company that have permits to cruise and dock on the Wessel Islands. There's two other cruise lines that um, steam through yeah. en route to somewhere else, but they're not actually allowed to dock. They don't have the, the Indigenous land permits to be able to um, go onto the islands like we do. Um, our, our crew on this ship, on this yacht, are some of the most experienced sailors in this part of Australia. Um, they're incredible storytellers. They're up to the fourth generation of living up in the Wessel Islands on board a boat. They're Spanish mackerel fisher, fishermen and fisherwomen um, when they're not running um, tourism charters. And they're real true blue Aussies. They're full of character, uh, just the type of people that you want to be taking you through this part of our country. So we've got a, a private chef on board. So every meal, three meals a day, are ocean-to-plate gourmet foodie experiences. So straight out of the ocean, I know, yes. <laughs> straight out of the ocean, cooked um, <laughs> in front of you. You can even participate if you want. Um, the waters up around East Arnhem Land and the Wessels are some of the best in the world for barramundi fishing, um, Spanish mackerel for certain parts of the, the Gulf area. Uh, we can go spearfishing, crayfishing, all sorts of things, squidding. Um, all of it's available to our guests um, and they can participate as much or as little as they like. Um, East Arnhem Land, it's, it's really known for its raw and untouched beauty and, of course, the Indigenous culture as well. Um, and as I mentioned before, the Wessel Islands, they're just so remote. There's literally nobody there apart from a few fishermen and just this incredible um, natural phenomena. So our trip runs in February, which is wet season, and... Uh, that's on purpose. We purposely run it in wet season. It really only rains at night and you're asleep by then anyway. Um, but mm. the reason we run it in, in wet season is because of that, of mother nature and that natural phenomena that only happens up there in that part of the year. So think like incredible horizon pools, freshwater pools on top of um, rocks that you can actually swim in that cascade over into the ocean. Wow. So they only flow for 30 days a year when it's wet season. Um, 
there's rainforests on some of these wow. islands, which is just not what people would think up in this remote part, you know, so so close to mainland Australia on these tiny little islands surrounded by turquoise water. There's caves that are filled with um, traditional rock art and depending on the tides, you can swim through the caves or when it's low tides, you can walk through the caves. Um, but, but just incredible and there's <laughs> Indigenous ceremonial locations that are still preserved. So it's just super fascinating. Um, yeah, just coming across waterfalls in the middle of nowhere on these tiny little islands. You get the most incredible lightning storms at night as well, off in the distance, and water spouts, seeing like three or four or five water spouts like dancing around each other while you sit on the bow of the boat with a wine <laughs> in hand. Um, again, just something that you just won't get when it's not wet season. So, again, it's it's all about looking at how to do Australia differently. Um, so, yeah, there's still a lot of artefacts and tools which lie around the Wessel Islands that have been left behind from the Indigenous people as well, which is incredible to, to see. Um, incredible seabirds for people who are into bird life, stargazing, storytelling. There's still traditional Indigenous stone fish traps as well, which is really, really rare to be able to see that sort of thing still in Australia. Um, and of course, sunsets mm. like you've never seen before as well. Wow! And would you would you say, Lisa, that there's still quite a number of Indigenous who live off the land? Uh, yeah. In so Wessel the Wessel Island Islands themselves are uninhabited, but they're still permit permitted and managed by the Indigenous yeah. people who live on the, the well closer to East Arnhem Land, where there are people living. Um, quite often, we'll get some of the Indigenous that jump on yeah. board to come out and escort us on some of these islands because they're you know they're excited. They want to show us something that's just been uncovered, or you know the weather is blasted some sand away and it's really you know found something like a shell midden which is like a um, preserved hunter-gathering type tool that's almost been like fossilized that all of a sudden it's been exposed because the winds come or the waters come or whatever and they they want to be able to show it to us so we yeah there there are people indigenous people who do still manage the islands um, because it is their land they just don't live on there yeah okay Wow, that would be such an interesting part of the world, and and like you say, no, you can't. You can't. Really there, there is literally other no other way, um, which you know makes it so exciting for us. No, that's right, and I think there's um so many other like touring companies that wouldn't be able to be granted these permits. In yeah, the first I mean, place, all upon of that application. Sort of thing comes down to how you support the local communities beyond um, the tourism scope. Um, tourism is certainly one thing, but, you know, as we all know, tourism can be positive or negative depending on if it's run properly. Um, but it's about beyond the tourism dollar. What, what can we do to support these communities to be able to, um, be rewarded with the privilege of having these permits? So yeah, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than what you see, um, within the itinerary, uh, when it comes down to making a decision as to who should be granted access or not. So we're, we're very privileged to to have that access yeah so it just comes down to the exclusivity that crooked compass offers here in australia it's it's really it's really just that isn't it so yeah and very it's, it's exclusive. amazing you know we're, we're so proud to be able to offer these sorts of things to our travelers because it's it's not something that you can just google and figure out and do yourself um so yeah all of our domestic itineraries are pretty special to us yeah definitely now to over to the bottom part of in the Tassie. Country. What have we got? So in, in Tassie, Tasmania? we've got um, our Bruni Island and Derwent Valley tour. So a little six-day tour, and we basically take our own private boat from Hobart across to Bruni Island. So we're not jumping on the ferry with all of the tourists. We're in our own beautiful private boat, um, which mm. we use for our main mode of transport for the first half of our itinerary. 
So we do these incredible, spectacular coastal walks uh, while we're on Bruni Island to areas that are only accessible by foot. So we really try and veer away from where the standard day trippers go and we really go to uh, remote and sites that are exclusive to us. So we're hiking along remote headlands through rainforest. A lot of people don't even know that there's rainforest on Bruni Island. Um, And then we come to this beautiful private beach where off we go, we wade into the water and we're ankle deep and we start shucking oysters straight from the uh, yes. straight from the water and eat them fresh while we're standing there in, you know, with our ankles being lapped by the ocean. So incredible foodie experience for anyone who wants to taste super fresh Bruni Island oysters. Um, and then from there we continue on to our Barefoot Luxury glamping site. So we have an amazing chef who's on site waiting for us and so whilst we don't do the, the touristy let's go to the Bruni Island cheese shop and, and that sort of thing in that sort of main hub of the island, we do taste all that local produce but at our campsite. So we have the most incredible um, gourmet meals prepared for us, all made from ingredients of local producers. So, mm. yes, yes. Yum. And campfire, beautiful, beautiful setting. So we have a couple of days um, exploring Bruni Island on foot and with all of our camp, um, camp-made chef-produced meals before we then jump back in our private boat and then head from Bruni Island back up the Derwent Valley, up the Derwent River. So a lot of people don't really actually venture up the Derwent River by boat. A lot of people just venture into the Derwent Valley as a day trip or a half-day trip from Hobart. But we've got a good couple of days here to really get into the soul of the area Um, There's so much that you just miss if you don't give it the time that it deserves. So we head into an area called New Norfolk and we've got two nights at the beautiful, luxurious Woodbridge Inn and this is one of Australia's oldest historic houses. So Mm. on our first evening, we actually have a storyteller who joins us for drinks and canapes before we dine um, over sunset and they share with us all about the colonial and Indigenous history of the area and um, in particular centred around Woodbridge, the property that we're staying at. So Woodbridge Mm. has quite a fascinating history and in the cellar or in the basement or whatever you want to call it, the Woodbridge Mm -hmm. actually has a convict lockup or former convict lockup and guests generally don't get to go and see this but we've got exclusive access to take our travellers into the convict lockup. Yeah, it is actually their wine cellar now. Um, and that evening we're doing a degustation dinner with wines from the cellar, which are all from Derwent Valley, to be paired with our, our meal. So a nice little tie in there. Um, mm. But, yeah, pretty exciting that we can go down into the convict lockup. That's something not a lot of people will have had the opportunity to see something like that and obviously something that's quite significant to our convict past Yes. Um, before having this incredible meal. Uh, the following day, we then go and forage for fruit and vegetables for our own paddock to plate experience, which is incredible. Um, and then we have a hike in Mount Field National Park, which is Tasmania's oldest national park. Uh, we have an incredible long lunch and a behind the scenes meet the winemaker experience at Meadowbank Farm and Vineyard as well. So I guess you could really say that this tour is like a, an active gourmet foodie type um, experience. I love it. Yeah. Chasing your t- chasing your stomach around the whole time. Exactly. And then walking it all <laughs> off too. So you yeah, know, it kind of it. evens itself out. <laughs> Oh, the only bad thing that you'd be eating would probably be the cheese, but again, you can walk oh. it off, yeah. <laughs> and when on holidays, why not? No, that's right. Yeah, you're not on holidays every day. <laughs> that's right. Very true. 
I love it. I think it sounds amazing. And I think Tasmania is one of those destinations where a lot of people haven't yet gone to. Or they've only done like Hobart and Port Arthur or just, you know, little little sections without delving into it too deeply. That's right. Or you've or they've probably even just gone to Hobart and they've only just seen yeah. Hobart and then they've flown straight out again. But there's so much more to um so much more to Tassie. And I think I think the oysters would taste a lot fresher if they're direct from Bruny Island, not buying them off the back of a trawler in Hobart. So Bruny Island yeah, yeah. Well, you can't get them fresher than shucking them yourself, you know, between your ankles. So, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. And what have you got for us over in the wild, wild Western Australia? In the wild, wild West. So we really wanted to do Western Australia a little bit differently. We mm. sort of foresaw the vision would be everyone's going to head to the Kimberley. Um, but what we can sort of envisage happening is that the Kimberley is going to be really, really difficult to find availability um, because yeah, there is, yeah, there's obviously limited um, infrastructure there, um, whether you're doing it by land or by sea. So for us, yes. we were like, well, what else has that true outback wow factor, the colours, um, you know, everything that the Kimberley delivers, it's not the Kimberley. And so we mm. decided to look into the Pilbara and the mm. Coral Coast. So the Pilbara is perfect for those people who have been to the Kimberley, love it and want to see more of that outback Australia type experience or also for people who perhaps miss out on the Kimberley um, over the next couple of years while it's, you know, going to be quite saturated um, and mm. this is a fantastic alternative so the Pilbara is not as I guess um, well known as the Kimberley but just as beautiful if not more um, it's got some incredible hidden national parks and just yeah incredible sites which I'll sort of talk you through now so we we start up in um, Karatha and then we head yeah. up to the Murujuga National Park with, where we've got an Indigenous guide for the first um, half of this itinerary this is a 10-day tour and this park, so Murujuga National Park, has the highest concentration of Aboriginal rock art in the world and it wow. dates back to before the Ice Age ended. So it's around <laughs> 40,000 years old and there's over a million rock art images. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So many Australians would just never even have heard of it, let alone know that something this phenomenal and that this, you know, significantly historical, pe these petroglyphs exist. Um, so it's, it's pretty incredible to be able to take our, our guests up there with, with our local guide. Um, we do, of course, we do a traditional welcome to country as well whilst we're in this area. Um, and then we head out to the Dampier Archipelago, which are some of the islands off the coast um, of um, Karatha and the Pilbara area. So up in the Dampier Archipelago, incredible crystal waters, lots of hidden beaches to go swimming. We can swim with wild turtles, um, just pristine landscapes. We also visit some incredible sites. I mentioned before when I was talking about Arnhem Land, shell middens. So they're like the distinct mm -hmm. concentrations of shell, which contains um, evidence of past Aboriginal hunting and gathering and the way that they mm -hmm. used to process their, their food and that sort of thing too. So quite fascinating to have that all preserved in an almost like fossilised state. Um, we learn all about traditional bush medicine as well. And the time of year when our tours run, it's also wildflower season. So a lot of people know Western Australia is really well known for its wildflowers. So when our tours run, they're happening in the Pilbara region. So lots of stunning wildflowers, incredible wildlife, explorer history. Um, William Dampier is, you know, he landed up in this area. And then we sort of head inland. So we head to Millstream to Chester National Park, 
which is like this oasis in the desert. So you've still got your orange, your burnt oranges and reds and those okra landscapes with these incredible deep gorges, but you've also got these beautiful palm fringe rock pools as well that you can swim in and it's just stunning. Um, so we have one night camping under the stars here um, where we provide all of the camping gear and the equipment. And the reason that we do that, it's just because it is such an iconically Australian experience to be able to camp in the outback. Um, the rest of our trip is all in like proper hotels, four, four and a half star. But we just thought that it is just something that you just have to do when you're in this part of Australia where you've got these incredible clear night skies, um, just the sounds of the wildlife. It's, it's just a must do. Um, so from there, we then head to Karajini National Park. And Karajini is just, it's like everywhere you turn, it's just like a, a postcard, just picture perfect, stunning swimming holes that we do ensure we've got time to, to swim in. Um, beautiful gorges, mm. hiking, secret pools, natural springs, stunning waterfalls. Um, it really is one of West Australia's most hidden, um, incredible hidden gems. That's right. Because yeah. some, some of these towns, they're kind of ringing bells just with friends that have gone over and worked in the mines. Yeah, yeah. So the Pilbara is a mining region and that's generally what most people yeah. associate it with. But, you know, delve yes. a little bit further and it, it really is showcasing some of the, the country's most beautiful and lesser known gems which is really what we've aimed to showcase in this itinerary that's right so many so many little pools to swim in and waterfalls to swim under and gorges to go and explore then we continue on to Ballara station so we've really tried to mix it up with um you know diverse experiences in this trip so we've got hotel stays we've got the one night camping we do have when we're at Karajini we do spend the night in these beautiful eco glamping tents as well and then we come to Ballara, which um, is a station stay. So it's actually a working cattle station. Um, and we stay in the traditional Shearer's Lodge there as well too. So we're completely surrounded by stunning scenery, native wildlife. We've got a campfire each night. It really is, you know, nice, simple country life. So this is sort of where we're edging more towards the Coral Coast now. So we're still mm. kind of out back, but this property is so huge that the edge of it actually is the Coral Coast. Um, so... <laughs> It's, it's a pretty impressive place to have that blend of that, you know, wild, dusty outback combined with this, like, turquoise ocean just, you know, all on the one bit of land. So we use that as a, a little bit of our base um, as we explore the Coral Coast over the next couple of days. So we head out to Coral Bay where we do a glass-bottom boat tour over Ningaloo Reef. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful um, part of our country. And this is the day uh, where anyone who wants to do the swim with the whale sharks, but we can also organise that as well. So, um, yeah, for those people who opt to do the whale sharks, it means you miss out on the glass bottom boat, but that's fine because we have other time at Ningaloo Reef as well for people to still get that marine experience. Um, For the people on the glass bottom boat, we head out to a turtle sanctuary where um, we learn about the tagging and the conservation efforts of what's happening with the turtles in this part of Western Australia. Mm-hmm. And then the following day, we head to Northwest Cape Range National Park. Um, yeah. Now, this is right on the coast, and this boasts spectacular rocky gorges carved by ancient rivers. It adjoins the most pristine and beautiful coastline where the Ningaloo Reef is on the Coral Coast. Um, incredible bird life and wildlife, and it's it's just it's just beautiful. Um, and then we finish up with snorkeling at Turquoise Bay, um, which is one of Australia's most pristine beaches. And what's really cool about snorkeling here is the current. So it's actually a drift, mm. <clears throat> drift snorkel. You walk in down one end of the beach, pop your snorkel on, and all you literally need to do is float. And the current will take you over the reef and you can watch the marine life, the beautiful 
colours and the turtles and all that sort of stuff literally beneath you without even having to swim. You just float and then you end up coming out at the other end of the beach. It's it's amazing. Nice. Yeah, I've been up to Turquoise Bay. Yeah. I um yeah, went I did a I was invited to go and see Sal Salis, the oh, beautiful. Yeah. lodge right there yep. on um in the Cape Range National Park. It is so beautiful and there's just barely anybody around where we went. We went in May. Okay. Um, which is the whale whale shark season as well. And it's just like you just you just wonder why everyone flocks over to the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, I know, I know. I feel like that Ningaloo is very um overlooked. Um yes. but in a way that also works to its advantage because it's right. It doesn't have the coral bleaching and it doesn't have you know, it's so it's so pristine. Um and yeah, I think it's it's just very very underrated for the way that um, it's promoted, but that's to to its advantage of it being protected and and that sort of thing as well. That's right. I love it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great place, and just having um having the reef pretty much walking distance from the beach. Like yes. the reef is right there. You don't have to be in a boat for an hour. Yeah, no seas- no seasickness. No, <laughs> don't no. need to battle with any of that. It's literally that's right. right there. At your at your at your at your toes on on the sand. Yeah, really. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, and so then we we basically wrap up the tour. Um, we head to um, Vlemminger Lighthouse where we do sundown as the nibbles at sunset, um, and that that wraps up the last evening of our tour. So it's a it's a fantastic itinerary to really take in some true contrasts um, of the Australian landscape and the the beautiful wilds that we've got. Um, but, yeah, certainly a great option for, for those people looking to do something a little bit different in Western Australia. Yeah, I love, I love that all across your different tours, Lisa, how, how you really do mix things up. So if you're, you're an adventurer but you quite like having a little bit of luxe with a little bit of outdoors, you've got those options of that hotel and that lodge stay and that, you know, guest house and that tree house and that glamping experience. I just love how you've made it, meshed it all in together into one itinerary. So it's not just just a just a hotel stay because you know I think where you're staying into the in, you're actually immersing yourself in the in the environment that you're in. Yeah, by having that accommodation right there, like I think it's I think it's amazing. And you've got the um, Aboriginal experiences too. You've got the bonus of having the small group, so it's eight as a maximum. Is that right? For that tour, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So our, our domestic tours are a little bit smaller than our international because obviously we're, we're dealing with social distancing and um, a few extra requirements that, that we normally wouldn't have to um, manage. But it, it makes it uh, more intimate and more personal. That's right. And safety first. Exactly. Passenger <laughs> health and safety first. Absolutely. That's right. From a pricing perspective, Lisa, what sort of price point are the tours at currently? So um, on average, our Australian-based tours sit around that $1,000 per person per day mark. Um, yep. With the, the yacht charters we've got, so the East Arnhem Land one I mentioned, we also take that boat up into the Taurus Strait. Um, that one is a little bit more expensive, obviously, being on board a yacht and fully inclusive where, you know, you're yes. not putting your hand in your pocket at all. Um, that yep. sits closer to the $1,500, $1,700 per person per day mark. Um, mm-hmm. but again, you're going to some of the most remote, incredible locations. And it's also so important to point out that, you know, it's a thousand dollars per person a day for the permits alone to get into some of those areas that we're in. And that, mm. that is where a huge part of the, the price point comes from. 
Um, but that goes directly to the Indigenous communities, which is also so important um, for people to know that they're making a direct financial impact as well. That's right. And you mentioned about no additional extras. Is that goes for all of your tours? Uh, no, that's for the, the two on the yacht charters because there yep. is, you can't just go to the shop and <laughs> buy whatever you want. there's no shop. No, that's right. Everything's included, <laughs> all your drinks and everything. Um, for, for the other tours, we do include breakfast every day and then the odd lunch and dinner. Um, but they're, they're not all inclusive because in the places where there are options for people to venture and explore themselves, we do allow that flexibility. That's right, and creating a little bit of their own experience exactly. as well. Yeah, and, you know, good. when you travel on a group tour, some people do like to have their own space here and there. So, you know, we, we like to be able to deliver that. Of course, and keeping in mind as well that the Australian product is also inclusive of GST. Correct, yes. So it is that little bit more expensive, 10% yeah, to be exact. exactly, and a, a lot of people don't realise that. They don't realise that with international touring product there is no GST. Um, and that, that does certainly come into play with domestic travel as well. Yes. I totally, like, totally it's worth every single cent, these experiences you would never have. Oh, I, I think so too. <laughs> if you do them on your own. And especially uh, we were chatting earlier on, Lisa, about how a lot of people tend to wait until their retirement age to go and visit all of these places. Yes. But if you're quite an active traveller and you quite enjoy, you know, a moderate level of, of um you know, challenge during your tour if you're doing some hiking and things like that, sometimes you don't have that level of fitness when you're in retirement age. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, you look at something like the Western Australia tour. So we're going to these incredible locations, but to get to some of those swimming holes and, you know, secret pools and that sort of thing, you've got to hike through uneven terrain that can be rocky or gritty and um, it's, it's all great for us to think that we can do our own backyard when we're older because it's close to home. But that potentially means missing out on some of the most incredible experience as well. So it's really looking at it from a, from a different perspective. Mm, and they're so culturally rich too. I love that. Yeah, we, we really have tried to do that with every single one of our. We've got nine domestic um, small group tours and with every single one we've tried to really be um, respectful and creative with how we've integrated um, our Indigenous connection um, to our guests. And I think that what we've put together is it's, it's been done incredibly well and probably to a much deeper level than, than most other operators. Yeah, it definitely shows, Lise. You've done an incredible job putting this oh, all together. Thank you. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful product. Uh, how can other lady travellers out there know more about Crooked Compass and what we can do here in Australia and download some of your itineraries? Yeah, for sure. Well, number one would be obviously to, to go to your travel agent. Um, any, any travel agent can assist with Crooked Compass products, but um, obviously yourself, Stephanie, being a travel agent, you're yeah. absolutely the number one go-to. Um, but for, for more further details, you can jump on our website, which is uh, crooked-compass.com. Um, all of our itineraries are available on there. You can download them as uh, PDF itineraries. And, um, yeah, any questions you have, you can, of course, chat to, to your travel agent or we do have live chat on our website in office hours as well if, if you want to speak to the team directly. Yes, and if anyone's got any questions, you can always DM me on Instagram, so travel.by.stephanie. Apologies for all the dots. <laughs> Um, yeah, leave me a DM with any questions you have and then I can contact Lisa directly and get the answers from the woman herself. Exactly. But thank you so much, Lisa. It's been a wonderful pleasure again to have you back on the no show. No problems. Thanks for having me again. 
Yeah, loved going through all the itineraries. And you're a really, really great storyteller. <laughs> I love your stories. Oh, I really felt like I was in the moment a lot there. Uh, so, yeah. Good, good. Fantastic. And I can't wait to see what the Australian tours start doing once they start ramping up. Have you got any more tours for Australia in the mix or are you sticking with what you've got? For no, the we're moment? sticking with what we've got. We've got um, a good yeah. amount of inventory that um, we're pretty confident once state borders reopen, we'll probably all run at capacity. Um, so we're in a nice little position with that. And, uh, yeah, we've got our first trip getting off the ground next month. So, uh, yeah, that's wow, really exciting cool. after a few false starts with border closures and that sort of thing. But we're, we're getting there. Yes. And, um, no, we're, we're happy with the little suite of, of domestic tours we've got for the moment. So we'll, we'll stick with what we've got and get those moving too. We can always add on more departures if the demand's there too. So. That's right. And and just keeping in mind that you have only got limited dates Correct. as well. So if you definitely want to jump on any of those tours to get in touch early um, so we can not miss out on the availability because, yeah, there's there's not a lot of spots on each tour. Is yeah, some, some tours only have one spot left. So um, it's all about getting in quick. And even if something is full, even just send through your requests because the, the more that we know people want our product, the, the sooner we'll release further dates. That's right. Perfect. All right, then. Thanks. You. Thank you, Lise. I really appreciate it. No problem. It. Thanks so much, Stephanie. We'll talk See to you later. soon. Thanks, Lise. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Lisa, for your time. And thank you for going through all of those amazing itineraries with us today. Today's show notes are jam-packed with links, resources and photos to the newly launched Crooked Compass domestic product here in Australia. So head over to travelbystephanie.com.au forward slash 24 to download all of those, check them out and let me know what you think. This product is absolutely incredible. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, I would love it if you left me a five-star rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you're not yet subscribed, make sure you do so on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Spotify. If you have any questions at all, reach out to me on Instagram. It's travel.by.stephanie or you can find me over at Unplug in Paradise. If you're tuning into this episode, please screenshot and tag me in your stories. I would love to know what your key takeaways are. If you do have any other questions about today's episode, please do get in touch and I can find out the answers for you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and I'll see you soon. Bye. And sometimes my mommy just got it. He's a travel agent all day. He works so hard. He's a travel agent and loves me. If you're reeling from that episode, you're not the only one. 
Virgin Voyages have done extremely amazing things in the tourism industry and I'm so stoked to have them as part of the CLIA community as well, which is the Cruise Lines International Association, which I'm a part of as an accredited cruise consultant. I look forward to seeing great things from Virgin Voyages and also getting some clients on board as well. Some key takeaways were in today's episode is that it's adults only, all about the fun, all about the wellness and all about just being yourself and bringing out that little rebel that's hidden deep inside all of us. And bringing her out to play. If you've enjoyed this episode, head over to travelbystephanie.com.au forward slash 25 to catch all the show notes from today's episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. And make sure you've subscribed on Apple Podcasts and also followed on Spotify. That's it from me. Have a fantastic day. Bon voyage. And I'll catch up with you over on my socials. See you soon.